This is John Clay, Sports Commons for the Lexington Herald Leader and Kentucky.com, and welcome back to our podcast, uh, our football podcast, where today we are previewing the Kentucky-Mississippi State game Saturday um, in Starkville, Mississippi. It's a 7.30 kickoff on the SEC network. Mississippi State is 5-2, and 1-2 and two in the SEC. Kentucky is 4-2, and 2-2 two, two and two in the SEC, and we welcome in our regular guest, uh, Jennifer Smith, the UK football beat writer for the Lexington Herald Leader at Kentucky.com. How are you doing today, Jen? I'm great. How are you, John? I'm good. I'm good. Uh, let, let's talk. For, let's look at this matchup. Let's talk first about the quarterbacks. Uh, I know we are we are uh, taping this podcast on Wednesday, and uh, you said that the, on the SEC teleconference earlier today, both uh, Mississippi State coach Dan Mullen and Kentucky coach Mark Stoops were talking in very glowing terms about the other team's quarterbacks. Just just talk about the quarterback matchup coming into this game. You, you know, Tolls was sort of the unknown factor last year in that game against Mississippi State, which was ranked number one at the time when, when they came to Commonwealth Stadium, and you know, he, he blew them, or I think as Dan Mullen put it, he he lit us up. Um, he had two rushing touchdowns against against Mississippi State. He passed for 390 yards and two touchdowns. You know, he ran for a career best 76 yards. And, you know, Mullen was talking about that a little bit today, but he also was talking about how it's very clear that Tolls has a confidence and a swagger about him that's a little bit different this year than last year even, and that he notices on film that, that the rest of the offense seems to sort of feed off that. I always think it's interesting when an opposing coach is able to sort of pick up on some nuances like that because, you know, they don't see them every day the way that we see them every day. So, you know, I thought that was sort of interesting. And then, you know, Kentucky's going up against against a guy like Dak Prescott, who, you know, has just been good in almost every game he's ever played in. You know, there was a lot of talk about just how – how much smarter he is about timing in the pocket and when to run and when to throw and you know the, the timer in his head is, is much more effective, especially against teams that, that pressure him. He hasn't thrown a single interception this year. You know, of, of all the quarterbacks in the country that have played six plus games, there are only three of them that haven't thrown a pick this year. So it's a pretty significant statistic. You know, I, I think that should be a motivating factor probably for the for the Kentucky secondary. But you know, the the thing with with Prescott is that he's just He's the total package. He can catch touchdown passes, he can throw touchdown passes, and he can he can run for serious yardage. And Kentucky has not had a great history against quarterbacks that can run, and, you know, Prescott included. So that'll be sort of a fascinating matchup to see which of the quarterbacks can sort of lead his, his team to victory. Yeah, you mentioned he he has actually caught a pass, I think a touchdown pass against Kentucky. <laughs> he's had a lot of success against Kentucky. I think he's 41 of 67 for 484 yards, three touchdowns, and one interception in the last two years against Kentucky. He's also rushed for 153 yards and two touchdowns against Kentucky. And you mentioned the fact that he hasn't thrown um, an interception. To me, that's one of kind of been the disappointing thing in the U.K. defense the last few weeks. They haven't been able to turn people over. I don't think they have an interception in their last uh, at least three games. Yeah, um, three games. Yeah, I mean, to me, to have a chance to win down at Starkville as a double-digit underdog, they're going to have to – they're going to have to uh, turn get Mississippi State to turn the ball over, and that may be a tough task. Yeah, I, I think it's going to be a very tough task, although Mullen did say today that one of the things that really concerns him about the Kentucky defense is how much size and length that, that Stoops seems to have added in the secondary, specifically those corner spots. That you know, State has some really big, tall, experienced, quick you know, wide receivers that he thinks Kentucky actually matches up with really well this year. 
Um, so it sort of negates a, an advantage that maybe they had last season or he felt like they had last season. You know, the other thing that, that is sort of shocking when you look at the Kentucky interception numbers is, you know, A.J. Stamps, a, a guy who led the team last year in four, had a couple that were just sort of amazing to watch. You know, he hasn't had a single one this year, yet this year. And, and I asked him about that last week, and he was just sort of like, yeah, I can I can honestly say that's definitely been on my mind. And, and you know, he's looking for – for a chance to get that. I mean, this game seems to be one of those where, where if he has an also, you know, an opportunity, that he's one of those guys that's really going to be going, you know, try to be a ballhawk. Let's stick with the talk with Jennifer Smith, the UK football beat writer for the Lexington Era Leader at Kentucky.com. Let's stick with Kentucky and the defensive side of the ball. Uh, terrible injury for Melvin Lewis, who broke his leg in the Auburn game. Uh, he'll be out uh, having surgery, he'll be out for the rest of the year. Could come back, or at least Mark Stoops on Monday sort of floated the possibility that he could come back for a bowl game if Kentucky goes to a bowl game. So now the spotlight is on Matt Elam, the heralded recruit, who uh, is a sophomore. Uh, how, how do you think that Elam will do in uh, taking Melvin Lewis's place in as that nose tack nose guard defensive tackle position right in the middle of the defense? You know, I, I think that I went back and watched uh, a lot of the games where Elam played, and yeah, he, he didn't play a ton already this season. I mean, he's you know he hasn't played much, which I think has sort of led people, including me, to to say that he's just you know not very good. But you know, the problem is he was playing behind a senior defensive leader that that was getting a ton of push up front and you know, was able to stay in the game, it, you know, was, was really healthy and, and having a great season. And, and Elam was just sort of there for, for backup purposes. But, you know, the thing that Elam does show when he's in the game is, you know, I think he, the game is a little slower for him. He's starting to understand things as they're coming. You know, you can sort of see lights come on at various times in various games. And the other advantage Elam has is, you know, his, Melvin Lewis was one of his best friends. I, I wrote about it before the season even started that, you know that that Elam sort of hated Melvin Lewis in the beginning of their you know their time together because he thought he was the guy taking his spot, and then he figured out that he and Lewis had sort of similar backgrounds, were brought up you know by single mothers predominantly, and and the two of them really connected, and Melvin became a mentor and a really good friend, and I, I think sort of motivated Elam to get beyond his you know get by guy status, doing everything just to get by and not to actually succeed. And, you know, just, just doing just enough. And I think Lewis sort of talked him out of that attitude. And my guess is Elon's really going to step up to the plate. I mean, he's a guy who, who wants to, to make Lewis happy and probably wants to play well for the defense. But, you know, I don't know that, that Stoops and company are going to put a ton of pressure on Elon in the, in the first game. I think that they're going to play a lot more four down. I mean, there have been times they're playing two down and they're playing, you know, more linebackers and more DBs. I mean, it sort of de- depends on the offense they're going to face. But, you know, Guys like C.J. Johnson and Reggie Mint are probably going to play considerably more downs. You know, I wouldn't be surprised to see them play different formations. But I think when Elon gets in there, he's, he's going to do what he can to, to be successful. Yeah, well, I think Mississippi State's definitely going to test them. I know they haven't run the ball very well, at least outside of Prescott. But I, I would I would expect for Dan Mullen to try to establish the running game. And I, and I think he's going to test Elon when Elon's in the game early. And it's going to be interesting to see how he responds. Let's talk about somebody now who is playing well, who is responding well, and somebody I know that you're you're writing about this week, and that's uh, wide receiver uh, Garrett Johnson, who's just been very consistent. I think last year he showed a lot of he showed some flashes of brilliance, had a couple of really big games, but this year he just seems to be much more consistent. But what do you think the reason for that is? Yeah, it's 
it's a very simple formula, and I think coaches try to preach it a lot to their players, but it's just get in and do the extra work and do the extra reps and watch the extra film. And, you know, you have the talent to succeed and the people around you to help you succeed. And, and that's basically what Garrett said he did. He, he, you know, I think Tommy Maynard, the wide receiver coach, said there's not a single day that goes by this offseason that I didn't find him in a darkened film room watching film, eating a sandwich, you know, thinking about the future. And, and I think he's one of those kids that coaches point to and say, if you just work your butt off, good things are going to happen. And they have for Garrett in the last three games. He's had 18 catches for 304 yards. He's averaging almost 17 yards a catch in the last three games. So, you know, he just – yeah, I think he's sixth in the SEC in receiving yardage so far this season. And he doesn't have a ton of touchdowns, but, you know, he doesn't strike me as one of those kids that that bothers. He's just he's happy to help Kentucky move the ball. Yeah, I think uh, it's been wildly reported, but I thought one of the neat things was uh, after the uh, Auburn game when Mill Muschamp, the former head coach of Florida, Garrett being from Florida, I guess he came up to Garrett after the game and told him, you know, I screwed up by not offering you a scholarship. I thought that was kind of a neat thing by Will Muschamp. Yeah, I thought so too. And, you know, I thought it was interesting that he not only said it to Garrett Johnson, but Dukes mentioned later that, that he right. brought it up to him before the game too, that, you know, I, was, I really made a mistake in not offering that guy. And, you know, one of the one of the people I talked to about Garrett Johnson just sort of accidentally was, was Vince Marrow, the tight ends coach. And he said, you know, when you, when you first watch Garrett Johnson on film, especially the high school kids, you think, oh, he's just this little guy. Like he's really, you know, he's not the fastest guy on the team. He's not the – the, the tallest or the, the most you know strong guy on the team, but he's just one of those guys that kind of wills himself to be a player. And you know, I, I think that that's sort of interesting. And, and Shannon Dawson has sort of thrived on on wide receivers that are similar to that. So he sort of fits the mold, and I think is starting to really come into his own as a, as a sophomore. Jen, last question. The, the to me, there's an interesting dynamic in this game. Mississippi State has been really good at home. I think they're 21 and four. Under Dan Mullen at home, I think they've won something like 27 straight home games against unranked opponents. Kentucky had not been good on the road, but they won at South Carolina, which seems, in talking to the players, seems to give them some confidence. And they talked, I know, uh, after practice uh, yesterday on Tuesday about that they like playing on the road. Yeah, that was sort of a, a fun thing for them to talk about. But, you know, I think it was polls that said we liked it. It's 100 of us against 80,000 of them, and that we can sort of you know, you you can sort of knock out the distractions of, you know, pregame concerts and catwalks and fans and family and autograph seekers and all of those things that sort of come before and during a game, not not the other stuff during the game, obviously, but you know what I mean. The, the, you can sort right. of knock out all of the the excess and really just focus on the guys playing around you and in the task at hand, you know, and I think Garrett Johnson said something really similar. And, you know, I sort of found that fascinating given, given just how bad they were on the road the last few years. But, you know, I think that maybe it just takes that one game to get you over the hump and make you feel better. I think they have three of the next four on the road. So, you know, maybe there's something to it and, and we'll find out soon enough. Yeah, I mean, this is a very important stretch for them. And as you mentioned, I mean, they've had a bunch of home games and now they start going on the road at Mississippi State, come home for Tennessee, but then go on the road to Georgia and Vanderbilt. So obviously, it's, you know, they're all important, but it's obviously an important stretch. Thanks, Jen, for being with us. Uh, now be sure and follow Jen and uh, both on Kentucky.com and the Lexington Herald Leader for stories leading up to the Kentucky-Mississippi State game. Both Jen and myself will be in Starkville. We'll be reporting from there. Uh, you can also follow us on Twitter, Jen at, at Jan Herald Leader, and myself at John Clay IV. Thanks again, Jen. Sure. Have a good day, John. You too. 
We're back on the podcast. This is John Clay, sports columnist uh, for the Lexington Herald Leader at Kentucky.com. And my guest now is Michael Bonner of the Clarion Ledger in Jackson, Mississippi. Uh, Michael's in his third season uh, covering Mississippi State sports. And, uh, of course, Kentucky travels to Starkville to take on the Mississippi State Bulldogs on Saturday night. How are you doing today, Michael? I'm well. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Why don't you just catch us up to date on on Mississippi State? I know they're five and two overall. They're one and two uh, in the SEC. They had a tough loss, I know, to uh, LSU, which they could have easily won that game. Missed a field goal at the end of the game, then lost on the road to Texas A&M. Uh, how do you? What do you? How do the Mississippi State? How do the fans and how does the team feel like that they've done so far up to this point of the season? I think that they're optimistic heading into the kind of the final half of the season. They do have those two losses, and the one that stings, obviously, is that LSU loss. Really probably could have won that game. A few bad mistakes at the end of the game, whether from coaching, players, as a whole, really, that just caused them from um, potentially winning that game to to a loss. And then the A&M game just wasn't close at all. The Aggies dominated the Bulldogs throughout. But I, I think that they're optimistic and confident that going forward, if they can possibly win out, they'll they'll see what happens. They know they can control only their games, and they're going to try to to win out and then see what happens. Um, Dan Mullen said on Monday that he wouldn't be surprised if the SEC champion is undefeated or if the SEC champion has three losses. So it's it's something that they realize how good the SEC is, and that two losses at the end of the season may not be that bad, even though they happened at the beginning of the year, it's better to close strong than last year. What they did was kind of start strong and then finish uh, with three of the last three of their four, three of their losses coming in the final four weeks of the season. Right. And I know when you talk about Mississippi state, you have to talk about Dak Prescott, their quarterback, um, Mark Stoops on Monday referred to Prescott as unbelievable and just raved about him. Of course, he's played really well against Kentucky the last two years, but what, what sort of season is Dak having so far? I think he's having a tremendous season. Uh, in a lot of ways, I think it's better than last year. He's not getting the hype. Mississippi State's not number one. So there isn't this national exposure. And every time you turn on SportsCenter or SEC Network, you see him. But as I said, I think in a lot of ways, he's having a better year this season. He's a much better quarterback this year. There's no question about that. He's getting to his third and fourth reads. And now, as Dan Mullen said and Dak said earlier this week, it's a different progression for him as a quarterback because Mullen now wants him to to know when to run and when not to run. It's almost at this point he's getting to the third and fourth progressions, and, and Mullen said he doesn't need to do that. Um, if, if there's an opportunity to run, you can run. But it's, he doesn't want to leave the pocket too early. He doesn't want to leave the pocket too late. So it's this um, balance of knowing when to go, knowing when to stay, and it, it, it involves coaching and then just flat-out feel. Um, so, and he showed that I think last week against Louisiana Tech, he, and he, it's continuing to develop. But as a passer, uh, he hasn't thrown an interception this year, and which is one of the aspects that you can just see he's improved as a passer. The running part of the game has decreased a little bit. He's leading the team in rushing, but I believe he has less than 300 yards rushing at this point last year. Um, they were uh, ne- nearing a thousand yards um, as a team will be on a team, but they had a, a close to a thousand yard rush from Josh Robinson and Dak Prescott had a lot more yards than he has now. They just haven't been able to develop that running game and that, that partner 
with Prescott in the backfield. So he's had to do a lot of it through the air and with his arm, and so far it's been pretty successful. Is that one of were people surprised in Starkville when he came back for his senior season? And is that one of the reasons why he did come back so he could work on his passing game and make himself, uh, you know, uh, in a stronger position for the draft next year? Yeah, it, it, I think it was the main reason why he came back was to to improve his passing. I'm, I think most people thought he would come back because he, you could watch his game last year, and a lot of it was if the first read. And sometimes he'd get to the second read, but if those weren't there, he would take it off and run. And, and you just see a much better passer this year. And I think he has improved his draft stock. There's a lot of quarterbacks still ahead of him. It's a very deep quarterback class, but I think he has improved his stock because he's a much better passer this year. And one of the other reasons he came back, as he said, is he wants to leave Mississippi State and a much better um, platform, I guess, than it was last year. As I mentioned, they lost three out of the last four games to end last season. So he wants to end his career on a much higher uh, plateau, and that that comes with winning out or, and winning some games. So I believe there's only about five more games in his in his regular season career. So um, it's getting down to the nitty-gritty where if he wants to leave uh, with a big bang, he, he's going to have to you know execute and win these final couple games. Well, let's talk about, we're talking with Michael Bonner of the Clarion Ledger in Jackson about, he covers Mississippi State football. Michael, what about defensively for Mississippi State? I know Manny Diaz, who was a defensive coordinator before left, went to Texas. It didn't work out too well for him there, but he's now back. But how has Mississippi State been defensively this year? It's interesting because in some ways, when you look at just purely statistics, whether it's uh, the passing efficiency or completion percentage, uh, it's worse than last year. The turnovers are also uh, down from last year. Uh, but the points are some of the best that it's ever been under Dan Mullen. And the points are also down from last year uh, under Jeff Collins. So there are some aspects that show maybe the defense has dropped off a little bit, but when push comes to shove, uh, they haven't been allowing as many points as they did last year or really in any year under Dan Mullen. So Manny Diaz has brought a different type of defense. They blitz a lot. Uh, it hasn't always succeeded, but at the end of the game, they've done a pretty good job. The, the big issue for Mississippi State has been the points they allow early in the game. I believe mean, 41%, 41% of their points allowed this season have come in the first quarter. And then after the first quarter, they, they adjust, they, they become more calm or whatever it may be, and they just play better. Manny Diaz and Dan Mullen said that they point to the fact that they're starting a lot of young players, young, inexperienced talent, and they're getting into the games, and they need that quarter to, okay, the game slows down, they know what they're doing. Um, so if there's been any real weakness to the defense, it's been early on uh, trying to prevent the other team from scoring. Now, people know, uh, you know, we talked a lot about Dak Prescott and so forth. Give Kentucky fans two or three other guys that they need to look out for on Saturday night for uh, Mississippi State. Yeah, offensively, Fred Ross is Dak Prescott's favorite target, uh, and he says that it, it mainly is because the defense is taking away Deronia Wilson, Mississippi State's top wide receiver, probably the most talented wide receiver. So as teams converge on Deronia Wilson, they're taking uh, Prescott and the rest of the offense, Dan Mullen and uh, the offensive coordinators are saying, okay, then throw to Fred Ross and creating his opening. So he's a guy that, that you want to look out for. As I said, Deronia Wilson, and then defensively, uh, Brandon Bryant's a name that you want to watch for. He's uh, the starting safety only because Kendrick Market tore his ACL against Texas A&M and will miss the rest of the season. 
Um, but with market in the backfield, uh, the defensive uh, backfield, you look and it's um, a defense that, that created three turnovers through the first five games. Since Bryant took over at the safety position, they've had four turnovers in the last two games, and Bryant's been on three of them. So he's really a playmaker. They've been struggling to get turnovers on defense, and since he's been in the lineup, they've been a lot more – he's added that playmaking ability. So uh, he's a guy on defense that you want to watch for. And I know Dan Mullen, he, you know, he's done great things in, in Starkville. Uh, I know they're on a string of consecutive bowl games. They were number one in the – then they got to the number one ranking last year. They were number one, in fact, when they came to Lexington for the game against Kentucky – last year he's six and zero against uk uh i mean or what how did the just how popular is dan mullen with the mississippi state fans and and are they getting a little antsy to make that next step or do they know that that's pretty difficult to do and they have confidence that if he continues to go the way he's going mullen can get that done yeah i think he's immensely popular especially after last season it's crazy because in 2013 there were some whispers and uh, the fans were getting restless, and there was quite a bit of would he be back. And within the program, his job was completely safe. Uh, outside the program, fans wondered if he could turn around if he was the guy. And then last year, he leads Mississippi State to its best regular season ever, the first 10-win season in the history of uh, Mississippi State's regular seasons, and uh, the first number one ranking in, in Mississippi State history. And he also is guiding Dak Prescott, who – finished eighth in last year's Heisman Trophy voting, the highest of any Mississippi State player ever. So really, um, Dan Mullen is uh, at the highest peak that you know Mississippi State and its fans have ever seen, and they're very appreciative of that. And I, even this year, if they were to finish with nine wins, and, and maybe if they lose to Alabama or one of those games at the, at the end of the season, um, and then win the rest of them, Nine and three, I think fans would would sign that up right now. Even eight and four, I think they'd be content um, with that season. It's going to be interesting to see how it plays out next year. I still think he'll be on that kind of the honeymoon phase where they can go seven and five, eight and four. It'll be the first year after Dak Prescott. Uh, so I think fans will be understanding in that, and then uh, that would be what the 2017 season I think would be interesting to see what fans' expectations are then when they have a couple of, at that point, it'll be redshirt junior quarterbacks, which we saw how Dak Prescott kind of took the offense as its own and, and led it to unprecedented heights. What the expectations will be then um, from the fan base and whether they'll want a 10, 11, 12-win season national championship or if they'll still be content with the uh, the 8 to 9-win seasons. And, Michael, last question, not asking for a prediction, but what, what kind of game are you expecting Saturday night, a high-scoring game, a low-scoring game, a, a tight game? Uh, how, how do you think it will go from that standpoint? I think it will probably be relatively high-scoring. Both coaches on the SEC teleconferences, we've talked about how prolific the other's quarterback can be. Dak Prescott, obviously we've talked about his standards, but Patrick Towles as well, he just lit up Mississippi State as Dan Mullen said in the, in the teleconference more than 400 yards of total offense, four touchdowns. So I think the quarterbacks and the offenses know each other, and it's going to be, I think, a high-scoring game, one that will entertain fans. And it's going to be close because, yes, Mississippi State has won six in a row. Dan Mullen's never lost to Kentucky. But at some point in time, you have to think Kentucky's going to get that win. And when you have that good of a quarterback, I think you know teams have to be wary of it no matter what. 
and they've been relatively close games. I think I read, I think you had the stat that they're, I think the average margin of win for Mississippi State in the last six games is under 10 points, something like 9.8. Yeah. So, so, yeah, I, I'm with you. I think it could be a closer game than the 11-point spread. Michael, I appreciate you being on the podcast. Michael Bonner of the Clarion Ledger in Jackson. And, Michael, tell the listeners where they can find your work both on Twitter and on the web. Sure. Uh, it, it, on the web, it's clarionledger.com backslash sports. And then on Twitter, at Mike B. Bonner. Well, great. I appreciate it. Thanks again for being on the podcast, and we look forward to seeing you Saturday night in Starkville. Sounds good. Okay, that's the podcast for this week. I want to thank uh, my guests, Jennifer Smith, the uh, U.K. football beat writer for the Lexington Arrow Leader, and Michael Bonner, uh, the Mississippi State beat writer for the Jackson for the Clarion Ledger in Jackson, Mississippi. Uh, be sure and check out all Kentucky football coverage on Kentucky.com and in the print edition of the Lexington Herald Leader. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you next week.